0: listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Grand Prix last weekend.
1: And uh, you spoke to Daniel Ricciardo as well. Yeah. He had so many fans turn up to see him. There was one gorgeous little boy. He was five years old. His name was Louis Pope. He couldn't actually pronounce his name. So this is what he called him.
0: Uh, Daniel Ricciardo. This here is Louis
1: Pope. He's only five years old, but he dreams of being a Formula One driver. And on Monday we met and I asked him who his favourite driver was.
2: What do you reckon my name is? <laughs> <laughs> How you going? Do you shave yet? You don't shave yet. You don't have a beard? No. Do you go out much? Yeah. Do you hit the nightclubs? Do you have a girlfriend? No. no. alright, cool. Do you even like avocado? Yes. So two lures from
0: avocado. There you go.
1: Now that's gotta be a collector's item. He yeah. signed his cap. To Lewis from Daniel Avocado. <laughs> I
0: know, that's brilliant. He, he's a great guy, is Daniel Avocado. <laughs> I think he is, he's awesome.
1: I think that's one nickname that's just going to stick for oh, him, let's yeah. be honest.
0: No, definitely is. I think he had a little bit of a whinge about how much the media were asking of him last week. When he gets to Australia, mm. he gets absolutely swamped. By everyone, because everyone wants a bit of him when he's in Melbourne. So uh, a bit extreme last week.
1: Do you think it was just this time around particularly, or has it been every time he's no, been No, I think
0: the fact that he changed teams, there was a huge issue with him swapping from Red Bull to Renault. Everyone kind of fell out of love with Red Bull because of the way he got treated there.
1: He had a bit of a fallout with one of the drivers or something? Yeah,
0: with his teammate, basically giving preferential treatment to uh, Max Verstappen.
1: How do you give preferential treatment to one oh, driver over another?
0: Basically, they were testing parts on Daniel's car new bits of technology and stuff. He wasn't getting the full support from Red Bull, basically. So he up and left. Mind you, he's getting paid $48.5 million this year uh, by Renault. So I think he'll get by.
1: For $48 million, maybe you'd buy your own team. How much are those cars worth anyway? $100 million. Could you buy your own car and put it in yourself?
0: Theoretically, yes.
1: You'd have to pay for drivers? Oh,
0: every- the coach. number of teams that have come and gone in the past few years is quite ridiculous because they cannot afford to keep up. In fact, there's a quite a few drivers that are self-funded. So the teams are there, but they will pay the team to get a drive. Like Lance Stroll, his yeah. first year, he actually paid Williams $5 million to actually drive. Wow. Yeah. How did he do? Well, for a kid, he did okay. And now his dad bought him his own team. You know, he's one of the top twenty in the world. I guess there was a Malaysian guy a few years ago who was very average, who the Malaysian government actually funded him to drive in Formula One because of it put him on the map.
1: Very very busy weekend last weekend. Though.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. Arnie was in town,
1: but he went under the radar, didn't he? I don't think anyone even knew about that because no. um the Grand Prix and it was the Arnie Pro.
0: Yeah, the Arnie Sports Festival, which is a huge thing if you're in strength sports like bodybuilding and. I mean, why they did it the same weekend as the Grand Prix, that was a bit silly. But perhaps Arnie wanted to go and see the Grand Prix.
1: So uh, what do you do to get publicity when you've got the Arnie on No One Knows You are There? I don't know. Well, this should have been huge because um, the guy that actually won the Arnie Strongman, his name is Rob Kearney, he won the title and he also married his boyfriend the same weekend.
0: He married Arnie's boyfriend?
1: No, no, no. Arnie doesn't have a boyfriend. He, married his, he married, his,
0: <laughs> married his own boyfriend. I He got married you. his yeah.
1: own boyfriend. But there's, there's a picture of them all at Port Phillip Bay. Um, Arnie came along to offer his congratulations to the US strongman Rob Kearney last weekend. So what did Arnold say?
0: Congratulations, guys. I was honoured to celebrate with you.
1: And uh, I love this one. The guys actually tweeted... World's Gayest Strongman and I got married, that's, he captioned.
0: Is that his Twitter handle? World's Gayest Strongman? man. <laughs> no.
1: But he, I suppose he deserves like it, it no. because he won it.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: if he wants to be the World's Gayest Strongman, oh, that's great. That's good publicity.
0: The Arnie is a huge thing. And Arnie does turn up to these festivals that bear his name. Arnie will turn up to present the trophies on one day. So he is part of it, which is fantastic from uh, from Arnie
1: didn't know they were all around the world. Yeah, for, some, yeah. for some reason, I just thought it was in Melbourne and America. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah,
0: no, it's, uh, it, I think it's grown from um, just the one-off event and then Melbourne grabbed one and...
1: This guy that won the title world's Gayest Strongman, right? Rob Kearney, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's an actual title. Does that mean that he's won out of all the Arnies?
0: No, he's only just won this the, the Melbourne... Leg. So, can
1: he really call himself the world's strongest gay man? <laughs> is, that cor- is that technically if correct? It, if
0: he wants to call himself the world's gayest strongman or the strongest, gayest man, <laughs> so be it. Good on him. And he's married. Congratulations, by the way, Rob Kearney and uh, Joey Alexio. Joey Alexio, the groom. Yeah. Groom and groom. Congratulations.
1: On the line, we've got Cam from Geelong. Good morning, Cam. How are you?
2: Hi, good, thanks.
1: You've done some amazing sports, like we're talking kind of extreme really.
2: Just offbeat kind of things that sort of piqued my interest.
0: You're talking my language, Cam, tell me about it.
2: One of the things that I really um, was passionate about a number of years ago and was surfing and I had a friend who was mad about surfing and we wanted to go over to um, South America, so we packed up over there and um, didn't really have a big idea of where we wanted to go other than we'd had sort of photos of various surf breaks and he said, we're going here. We'd go on a various bus or donkey or whatever to get to these places. But one of the places we did find ourselves was um, a place called Chicama, near the Ecuadorian border in Peru. Most surfers would know it, but it's not as famous as um, Pipeline or Mavericks or cloud break but the one thing that chikama has is it's got the longest breaking left hand wave in the world so we made our way out it's basically in the in the desert quite an amazing sort of picturesque sort of place wow because there's nothing there yeah um but the wave the waves are so long that you can ride one single wave for up to um half a mile Whoa. How, how can
1: you have uh, waves in the desert
2: it's on the coast obviously but the backdrop of it is 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 the desert just dunes
1: that is bizarre. Yeah. So, Cam, what would you like to see? What's on your bucket list?
2: I'd love to go and see the Dakar Rally. Maybe like be part of the support crew or something like that. It, yeah. it just looks amazing. Cam, you um, could take up
0: motorbike riding and just enter it yourself, Toby Pro style.
2: <laughs> Toby's amazing, isn't he? He's won two Dakar rallies, and I think the last one he won with a broken wrist.
0: Yeah, well, Um, I mean, obviously the year before he snapped his leg in half, so it's a great comeback story as well. (laughs)
1: This does not sound like a very safe sport. What actually is the Dakar Rally? You've got to explain this one to me. I haven't heard of it. Dakar
2: Rally, I think, originated in the 70s and was essentially the Paris to Dakar Rally. Mm. So it was a race that would run from Paris and go across the continent to Africa to Dakar. And it had been that way for many, many years, but obviously it's changed hosting it now in south america yeah. probably the last seven consumer. six or
0: seven years definitely it's yeah. changed i mean there were issues with basically pirates die that people would yes. come in as as they were driving on the rally big hordes would come out and actually hijack the cars or the bikes or the trucks so they had to stop That's doing right. it in africa
1: hang on so this dakar rally so you can drive a, a bike a, a, or a truck
0: yeah or a car yeah, yep there's different categories car.
2: Yeah, there's different categories. I think the the vast majority of people that go into private tiers as well. Yeah. I think 70 80% are private teams that enter. But the bikes have got me. I, I like the bikes because they're sort of, you know, racing across sand dunes at breakneck speeds and you, know, you come over a sand dune and you don't know what's ahead of you because there's no roads. Um, that's why people can get very injured. Amazing event.
1: So you don't know what's down the sand dune ahead of you, which is really dangerous.
2: No, you could come up the crest of a sand dune and get airborne and be airborne for... Fifty feet drop or yeah. something like that, which which is what happens yeah. Uh, yeah. to some some riders. That- there are people that've been killed.
1: Oh, that's terrible. So how many people actually usually participate in this race? Any idea?
0: About 300, I think.
1: It's in the hundreds. Hmm. What do you win?
0: You don't win anything. It's about the achievement. <laughs> what, it's the... about the journey, Ty. <laughs> that's you, you, right. The
1: fact that you're still alive at the end of it. Yeah, basically. Goodness, <laughs> That's it. I hope you get there. We want to hear all about it one day. It's,
0: it's one of those sports cam and those events that it's weird because there are basically no spectators.
2: That's right. There's none. You'd have to be in the um, support crew, what I'd have to do, and you'd touch base with people as they go along. But hard yards, I mean, some of those longer days are about 900 miles. Oh,
0: yeah, exactly. they've oh. got to cover. It is an, it's called an enduro event for a reason.
1: That is uh, some really amazing sports on your bucket list, Cam. Thanks for your time.
0: That's all right. No problem.
1: It is the bucket list. Welcome to Saturday morning. How's your week been?
0: Tremendous, as usual. What about yourself?
1: Wednesday night I went and saw Jersey Boys at the the region. Oh, yes. Oh, what Do you know, that song was actually in the charts for 54 weeks. That's well over a year.
0: Wow. Saw the film. Yeah. I think it was on TV not that long ago. Are they close, the film and the musical?
1: yeah. The only thing about, you know, when you go to the theatre or a sporting event, I've noticed, is that the line for the ladies' toilets is just... Ginormous, yeah, the men's toilet there's there's no cues, and and I've often thought about going into the men's toilets, and I wonder how did, how would the guys feel about that if we commandeered the men's toilet?
0: I really don't think we'd even bat an eyelid.
1: How many cubicles do you normally have in a men's toilet?
0: Two or three. You guys only need one. (laughs) Yeah, okay.
1: We can have the other two and there's still going to be a line of people outside the front because we take forever.
0: Do you know what, Amy Park, they actually reallocate on game days a lot of the women's toilets to the men anyway. Is there more men queuing? No, there's no men queuing. We're efficient. Get in, get out.
1: You guys just go anywhere (laughs) anyway. (laughs)